This is Adventure Nannies On Air. I'm Shenandoah. And I'm Brandy. Our company is Adventure Nannies, and we talk about nannying, traveling, professional development, and also whatever we want. We'll try to keep our potty mouths to a minimum, but this podcast is not suitable for kids. You can find out more about us at adventurenannies.com. Welcome back to Adventure Nannies on Air. Shenandoah here. I've got Brandy over there. Hello. Hi. Hi from Denver. Hi. Hi from Tacoma. I've lived in Tacoma for a year and a half, and I'm just getting used to saying that I live in Tacoma instead of Seattle. You're such a Seattleite. Yeah. Not anymore. I'm a Tacoma no woman. Tacoma night. (laughs) Tacoma woman. Today, we are going to delve into decoding the six-figure job. Yes. Brandy, can you tell everyone why this came up? Yeah, so here in Denver, uh, we well, at Adventure Nays, we have some great jobs, and we don't get very many in Denver. Adventure Nays does a really good job of reaching out to people, you know, with updates on our newsletter, and our nanny, Megan, got one that was about this job we have in Denver that is a six-figure job, and I suddenly got lots of employer insecurity where I was like oh like shit what the hell who are these people how can they offer that much money in Denver the thoughts that went through my head at first I was like well they've got to have more than one kid maybe they have like 10 kids (laughs) Uh, (laughs) maybe it's this crazy schedule maybe I don't know there were a lot of things that I thought of and it turns out they only have one kid and seems on paper to be like a really great job. So I was starting to get really worried that all of a sudden I'm not paying Megan enough and she's going to leave us for this other family, blah, blah, blah. So that's how this came up. Mm-hmm. And and then I called you and I was like, <laughs> tell me why this job is not, what, what can I tell her about any of these jobs that uh, will make her want to stay in our job? Yeah. And I'm sorry, my answer was not super useful to you. <laughs> I was yeah. like, yeah, this job rules. Whoever gets it's going to be so lucky. Yeah. I was like, no. <laughs> you know, we at any given time have between 20 and 40 jobs on our job board. And our minimum as an agency is that families anywhere in the country are paying at least $30 an hour, which is, you know, what families need to be paying in this economy to get somebody fantastic And since so many of our jobs have relocation, it's what they need to be paying in order to get someone fantastic to move to a new part of the country, which Mm -hmm. is a big commitment to make. But without fail, we occasionally will have a job on our job board that is a job that everyone wants. And we regularly will get between 500 and 800 people applying for that job within the first few days of it going live. And not only applying for it, but sending us five paragraph essays or sometimes sending members of our staff flowers or gift (laughs) boxes explaining why, oh my God, every other job I've applied for was just a joke and this job you just posted is my dream job and I've been waiting for this job to come up my entire life and 
I know I had just applied for nine other jobs and I'm interviewing with two of those families, but their jobs are trash and I only care about this one job, you know, because it's paying 150k a year or because it takes place on a private yacht that's sailing around the world or because it's because it has tons of travel. You know, there's always some kind of X factor in a job description where somehow every single nanny who sees it thinks that the job was designed for them and that every other job they've ever had or applied for is like a pile of flaming dog poo yeah. compared to this one new shiny job. I completely understand feeling that way. Um, Brandy, I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. I mean, I just think about what it costs to have a regular any nanny that gets paid the average, I think the average rate, what is the average rate in Denver right now? I want to say like $18 an hour. So half of what, like just, you know, a lot less than our minimum. And so, yeah, the financial strain on most families to pay anyone just that is crazy. And then to have a six figure job like this, which would also require a lot of traveling and then all the hotel rooms on top of that. I just started being like, cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. Oh my gosh, who are these people? They're like 0.001% of families can afford to pay nannies this. I just have to say that. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. But I mean, as a nanny or, you know, as anyone looking for a job, anytime you see a job advertised that is paying literally double or triple what all of your, what you and all of your Mm -hmm. friends are making in your market. Yeah. Of course, that's the job you want. Of course. Look at it. You would be rich. Um, Yeah. And even at Adventure Nannies, you know, we quite regularly are posting jobs that have a salary that's, you know, significantly higher than anyone what anyone at Adventure Nannies, Nannies yeah. gets paid. Yeah. You know, whose job it is to interview all of these candidates who are like, that's right, I have a bachelor's degree and two years of experience, and I need to make at least $90,000 a year at my next job. And meanwhile, our recruitment director, you know, who also has a bachelor's degree... <laughs> And has been working here is like, cool. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Good for you. Um, So Brandy and I made a list of a few things to keep in mind the next time you're perusing our job board or any other agency's job board um, when you see that kind of unicorn six-figure nanny job pop up um, of just some things to keep in mind before you throw all your eggs into that basket and sell off your possessions and... (laughs) get ready to sign your soul over yeah um yeah brandy do you want to take us away sure well i feel a little guilty with this first one on our list because we have this in our job description more than i think most of our travel families do and (laughs) our job is not a six-figure job i'm sorry megan um but (laughs) we have tons yeah yeah sure have some more kids uh Maybe make a few more. I'll have Wes make a few more albums, start a few more nanny agencies. We'll yeah, see. write another Hohe. Yeah, yeah, we need another. We need like three more Hohe's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so tons of travel. And that is something that we find nannies always gravitating towards because it sounds really fun. But as we've spoken to Megan about in previous episodes, the con is that you rarely get to see your friends, family, support network. And it's very hard to have any kind of semblance of a regular schedule. So it can be unpredictable. You kind of sacrifice your stability 
in the rest of your life for a job with lots of travel. As fun as it sounds, and it is fun, but you have to be the right kind of person to handle that. Yeah. Well, and I think that, I mean, you know, being away from your friends and your family is one thing, but there are just kind of a lot of basic human needs that you sort of don't start to miss, I think, until you've been traveling nonstop for a few months. Yeah. Um, that are kind of unpredictable to understand what you're really going to miss or what missing pieces are really going to impact, like, your schedule and how you take care of yourself and feel about yourself. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, if part of your schedule at home is like going to a drop in yoga class on Wednesday nights or like going to your gym at a certain time or having a routine or even like, you know, part of my routine is having coffee within about an hour of waking up. And like last night it snowed three inches which never happens in Washington. And I woke up this morning and I was like, okay, like there's no coffee in my house and my car's in snow and it's 6.30 in the morning and I have a call at seven. And so like, I'm going to spend the only 30 free minutes of my morning digging my car out and like rolling it down a hill to go get coffee because if I don't have coffee, my routine will be destroyed for the day. Yeah. Um, and it's not possible. Yeah. yeah. Or even mine is like, I have to go to bed by 10 or 10.30 or else I'm miserable just because of how Lenny wakes up. But yeah, if I was a nanny and I had that kind of sleep requirements when you're traveling, you just can't bank on that either. Yeah. Or even like doctor's appointments, going to therapy, going to a dentist. Right. Um, It is not at all uncommon. Even after, you know, if you're relocating for the job, even after you have moved and are fully set in like it's challenging to make new friends if you have to make plans with people you've never hung out with before and then cancel on them a million times or cancel and reschedule an annual exam or right. a teeth cleaning because you know you make this appointment three months in advance and then five days before your employer is like we're going to asia we're leaving tomorrow yeah we'll be back in two weeks maybe or maybe never yeah exactly um it can become really complicated to you know kind of manage that amount of travel and have a positive attitude about it and take care of yourself Mm -hmm. and your own needs yeah Uh, yeah and then on that note the next one even if there's not a huge travel component to the job description just tons of hours a lot of times these six-figure jobs require anywhere between well 40 as a baseline up to 80 hours a week Mm-hmm. Yeah. and then while that's a lot of great overtime it's a uh, <laughs> hard for all the same reasons traveling is hard yeah that's always it's something important to keep in mind when you're looking at any job description um is that nannies Nannies are federally classified as domestic employees, and so legally employers have to pay nannies an hourly rate. There needs to be an hourly rate in your contract. Employers are not allowed to have a nanny on salary and just say, you get you know, $60,000 a year and you don't have to track your hours. Like Legally, you have to be paid an hourly rate. You have to be paid overtime. In most cases, some states have a live-in exclusion where if you are a live-in nanny, you don't have to get paid overtime, but you still have to get paid for every single hour that you work. Um, And so sometimes agencies or families will either post the hourly rate or they'll post 
what they think the job will add up to over the course of a year, or they'll post both. Um, but it is always worth, I think, pulling up the calculator on your phone, or if you are cool enough to have a real calculator in this day and age. <laughs> That's super cool. <laughs> getting your real calculator, getting your TI-85 or whatever it is out of its pocket protector. Um because if you you know if you see a job that's posted as twenty five dollars an hour and the ad says which will amount to between a hundred and one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars a year, you can very quickly figure out that that means that it's a ninety hour a week job yeah. or more. Um, another thing that we have seen a lot of families do in the employment agreements is just guarantee essentially pay someone on salary at minimum wage for all 168 hours in the week, Mm -hmm. including overtime. Um, Minimum wage is really low in some parts of the country. So in some cases, even being paid minimum wage for plus overtime for 168 hours a week doesn't add up to as much as you would think that it does. Um, But it means that in addition to being expected to work a lot of hours, you are expected to be on call for every single hour of the day um, because you're getting paid a small amount for every day. The expectation is that you will be available to be at your job, fully dressed, fully prepared, ready to go for the day within 30 minutes of getting a text at any time, Um, which again, makes it very hard to have any semblance of a personal life or -hmm. make any plans for yourself whatsoever. Um, Not saying it's impossible, but I think that just the sheer number of hours is something that um, a lot of candidates can overlook when they kind of see the high price tag attached to a job. Yeah. Um, You know, there's sort of... And I can certainly attest to this. There's kind of the allure of making a lot of money very quickly goes away when you literally don't have time to spend any of the money that you're making. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's cool. You end up saving a lot of money, but you can very quickly also just end up being completely miserable and burnt out. It's not super healthy for people to work 80 plus hours in a week. Um, a lot of countries have decided that it's not great for people to work 40 hours in a week. And we see more and more countries sort of rolling back what a full-time job means um, down to 32 or less hours every week um, with kind of more generous vacation and health leave policies than the U.S. has in place, yeah. um, which I know is not possible for most families to offer, but the reality is that for almost all people, if you are consistently working 80 or more hours every single week, it will be harder for you to be a happy person who feels <laughs> good about themselves than yeah, yeah. someone who is working less hours a week. Yeah, 100%. Uh-huh. And a lot of times Ugh. it's just not a sustainable, you know, maybe you can work 80 hours a week for three months, but... Can you do it for three years? Is right. it, you know, is it possible? What are the, you know, what are the side effects going to be of that? Yeah. And then in addition to that, I think the 
another huge aspect to working with these six-figure jobs to working at them is the shroud of secrecy expected. Mm. So it is so draining to have those hours and the travel schedule and the unpredictability. And then you really, unlike, you know, we've talked on this podcast about Megan's job because I'm definitely pretty loose about our NDA, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, a lot of these families are super strict about their privacy. So on top of all of this extra work stress, you can't talk about it to anyone <laughs> except maybe your therapist. If you can, as we mentioned before, get in on time to one of those appointments. <laughs> in a lot of cases for these families, the NDA sort of goes past being able to talk to anyone about your job. Um, it really extends into your entire life. Yeah. Like, and where are you? Yeah, where are you? Where in the world are you? When are you ever going to be available to spend time with your friends? Um, I know that a lot of people, especially at the beginning of the year, um, are kind of reevaluating their relationships with social media, which I think is really healthy. And I almost don't post on a lot of my social media at all anymore. I know, Brandy, you've kind of cut way back yeah. as well. Um, but... Obviously, one of the best things about traveling for most people in the last 10 years has been getting the travel photos and getting to post yeah. them on Instagram. Were you really like, there if it's not on Instagram? <laughs> I know. And so particularly for these jobs that have so much travel, like have a tough look in the mirror and think about like, yes, it's going to be cool visiting 27 countries with your nanny family in one year. But how much is that coolness diminished to you personally if it's accompanied by the knowledge that literally no one will know <laughs> except for you and you can't yeah. post anything about it anywhere and you can't take any photos and you're, you know, some families will include in their employment agreements that when traveling, the nanny's only allowed to bring a work phone that's provided by the employers and it could be confiscated at any time. Um, or accessed remotely and examined for any confidentiality breach content. Um, that you know, like, do you do you have the mental acumen away from social media to actually enjoy any of these trips if you won't be able to share <laughs> any information <laughs> about them with anyone um, ever for the rest of your life? Yeah, that is a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I mean, I'll be honest, I would have a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. I yeah, love posting so I. photos when I travel. Yeah. But that's, to me, part of the fun is being like, oh my God, look at what I saw today. Like, wow, can you believe yeah, this? What an exactly. amazing trip. And then Aunt Nancy comments on it and you feel good and you connect with people you haven't seen in a long time. No, it's a, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. It can be. Yeah, you had that cool elephant video, Brandy. Yeah, yeah. And when the was, elephants came and visited you during lunch. That was crazy. Yeah, that was there's so a, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's it is a a really fun thing to be able to do and a lot of those jobs don't allow you to do that unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But I do think to be the to be on the flip side of this just things to consider when you have your sights set on one of these unicorn jobs. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking about the mindset that you would really need to have to take one of these. 
and then comparing it to other careers. Um, And it kind of reminds me of the way Wes talked about his career when he was starting, because he's total workaholic and would like leave Christmas dinner to go practice with his band, (laughs) Uh, which is kind of the work ethic you would need to sustain and thrive in one of these jobs. But he always looked at it as kind of making partner or when doctors are doing their residencies and they're sleeping four hours a night and just plowing through. And those time periods aren't forever. They're usually in those cases like a three to six year commitment before you're finally kind of free or you make partner or you're starting your own practice. And so I think that's the one of the mindsets to have before examining one of these jobs. It's not going to, you are not going to be able to continue your regular lifestyle while taking this on. But if it's the, the, road of success for you that you want to take to be able to buy a house or get to that next step, then I think it's, it's worth it as long as you just put your head down and plow through that next stretch of time. Mm. But yeah, you, you had mentioned several, several things for people to keep in mind when they're deciding. When they're deciding if, if one of these six figure jobs is going to be the key piece. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, most families, you know, most families who are looking for someone to step into a six-figure role, you know, they have either tons of travel, like it's either going to be a role where you are giving up all of your flexibility and all of your personal life and a lot of times moving and, you know, just giving up any kind of sense of security, even in where you're going to be in a couple months. Um, or there's something really challenging about the role that maybe isn't obviously apparent in the job description. Um, but something we've seen a lot of times with families is that there's something that's really challenging about working in their household, um, whether it's sort of the parents' preferences or hygiene preferences or organization preferences or just how many people they like to have on staff um, in each of their homes at any time, there's something that's created high turnover. Um, and for lots of employers, and I will say, you know, that this is definitely true for me as well at Adventure Nannies. Um, if there's like a really big infrastructure problem that seems to make it hard for people to stay in the role for a long time, um, rather than sort of trying to reinvent the wheel and completely change how everything works. A lot of times it's just easier to pay the next person who's coming into the role a little bit more money to see if maybe getting paid a little bit more will make it possible for them to stay a little bit longer um, without sort of upsetting the entire natural order of things. And so I think um, in a lot of these cases, you know, where there is not like an obvious travel component, an obvious, you know, gajillion hour a week schedule like if the role is sort of paying not a little bit higher than the other roles in the area but significantly higher um, a lot of times the reason is that there's been something about the role that makes it really challenging for someone to stay in it longer than three to six months Um, and rather than you know taking the taking the time and the energy that's necessary to really like dig in and dedicate to like 
why does why do nannies keep leaving after three months? Like, what if it was a Monday Thursday schedule, and then we got a weekend nanny? What if, you know, what if they weren't working with the housekeeper as often? What if, you know, what if we got a driver so we didn't, you know, X Y Z? The easiest fix always is, well, this nanny left because she wasn't happy, and we were paying her seventy k. So let's try to hire someone else and pay them eighty k and see if it works. Oh, that didn't work. Now let's post it at 85K. Now let's post it at 90K. Um, And, you know, at the end of the day, and I tell this to nannies all of the time who ask for calls to, you know, to kind of consult about a conversation where they're going to be asking their family for a raise. Usually more money is sort of the thing that an employee will ask for when there's something else about their job that they're really unhappy with. Mm. Um, you know, usually the things that matter more as an employee are like feeling like you can confidently do a good job, feeling like you have the instructions that you need to perform your work. Feeling appreciated. Yeah. Feeling appreciated, (laughs) feeling like you have coworkers who can support you when you're having a challenging time or you have more work than usual to get through. Feeling like you have a boss who's understanding when, you know, more things are assigned to you than should be, and you're not going to be able to complete all of your tasks in a week. You know, mm-hmm. feeling like you have an open line of communication, feeling like there's the a, some semblance of mutual respect. Yeah, feeling <laughs> or, like a human being. <laughs> yeah, feeling like a human being. And when some of those things aren't happening, that's when people usually ask for raises. Yeah, um, people ask for raises because they're not feeling appreciated in their job and. A multitude of other ways usually, you know, and so by the point I'm talking to a nanny on the phone, you know, who and the conversation usually starts with like, right now I'm getting $25 an hour and I haven't gotten a raise in two years and the family's having another baby or like they're about to move and it's going to be more work. And so now I want to make $27 an hour. Like I always ask people like, are the, will the problems in your job go away? If you're mm-hmm. getting two more dollars an hour, like, which is $80 a week, like, that's yeah. not, you know, it's that's not, not life changing. It's not a, <laughs> yeah, it's not a cell phone bill. Like, it's $80. Yeah. That's cool. You know, if I found $80 sitting on the sidewalk, I would be elated. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but it's not, it's not going to change your life. It's not going to fix the other issues that you have yeah. in your job. It's just, you know, it's a Band-Aid that is going to wash off in the bathtub and leave a gaping sore underneath it. (laughs) Yep. Wow. (laughs) There we have it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, but I think um, all of that being said, these six-figure jobs are very popular. They're highly sought after. They don't come up all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to keep in mind just because it looks good on paper is, you know, keeping in What's mind your what your, yeah, keeping in mind what the sacrifices are and what you're willing, you know, what you are willing to offer up in exchange for the price tag that it comes with. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's kind of a moving target and something that can change really quickly throughout your life, depending on your personal situations. Yeah. I think it can be really challenging in this industry to compare your job to your friends' jobs 
and how much your friends are getting paid. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I run into that even a lot with other agency owners who are based in the Midwest who are like, our nan, you know, in Detroit, nannies get paid $12 an hour. That's crazy that you have a job on yeah, your job 30. board where a nanny in Detroit would be getting $30 an hour. You know, we have to explain like, you know, the family needs someone really specific and they'll be moving to Detroit and mm-hmm. no one's going to move anywhere for a job that pays $12 an hour. And the family already looked for someone in Detroit and they couldn't find the person with the qualifications that they want. You know, and so if your goal as a nanny is to, you know, save $200,000 in the next three years or to pay off, you know, credit card debt or high interest loans or, you know, save up enough money to get a down payment on a house. Taking one of these jobs for one to three years can absolutely help you reach your long-term financial goals really quickly, Mm -hmm. but it is going to require essentially sacrificing every other component of your life for a period of time to get there. Yeah. Um, and it's important to, you know, to if that's a decision you're thinking about, to be able to really walk into it with open eyes. Yeah. Um, I will say, too, some of the jobs that we've placed in the Bay Area specifically or New York that are six figures, too, they are, I feel really lucky that we've worked with so many amazing families that understand benefits and work-life balance so I can as we're talking I can think of a few cases that are exceptions to this rule but then Mm -hmm. I think about where they're located and if you're living in New York City or San Francisco $150,000 a year unfortunately doesn't get you that far so it's tough I mean it gets you it gets you somewhere yeah it does it gets you somewhere it might get you to like no roommates yeah (laughs) you might upgrade to a dishwasher in your apartment but yeah you could have a bedroom with a door on it yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that is true. Yeah, um, so when you're thinking about getting <laughs> having a job like this, definitely just write down what are your financial financial goals? How can you achieve them? If taking a job like this requires it, then, you know, put your head down like we mentioned before and just plow through a few years. Can you sustain a job like that? Do you want to have a partner? Do you enjoy friends? (laughs) Um, What's your end game? Shenandoah, do you want to talk about this one a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Something that we see a lot from nannies is that they are looking, they have a really specific number in mind or they have really specific benefits in mind. Um, and I, I was just talking about this with a musician friend of mine over the weekend, but um, a kind of great example is a 401k. Um, a 401k is a retirement fund that is set up through your employers, often through their payroll or their benefits company. Um, and the nice thing about it is that if it's through payroll, you can deduct money from your paycheck to go straight into a retirement account. Um, so you don't have to pay taxes on it while you're getting the money. You pay taxes when you're taking it out. Um, and a lot of employers will match a very small percentage of whatever money you're contributing into that, generally like between 1% to 5%. And there are all these other rules about you know, if the amount vests over time or if they're matching it immediately. Um, it, you know, it's A 401k is essentially like, very similar to an IRA or another retirement account. 
Um, but for some reason in the last two years, it has become this thing that a lot of people want their employer to provide. Um, a lot of nanny applicants, right? A lot of nanny applicants, yeah, because it is, it's starting to be seen as, you know, as a desirable part of a benefits package. Um, and so candidates will say, like, obviously I need a job that's providing a 401k. Um, the cost to an employer of setting up a 401k is like $15 a month. Like, it is not, and it does not really have very many benefits that are outside of what you could set up in an IRA. Um, I've talked to quite a few people who, despite saying that they will only take a job that is offering a 401k, don't actually know what a 401k is. Um, which I understand because I'm, you know, I'm about to turn 35 and I've never had a 401k in my life. And I learned what it actually is like two months ago. I also, I was in the camp of like, (laughs) yeah, I just need like insurance and then a 401k and like dental and, (laughs) um, you know, and so I think it's, it's important to, to understand what you're actually asking for and what's important to you while you're looking at the benefits that jobs are offering or getting ready to negotiate an employment agreement. Yeah. And I'm just guessing right now, but I'm assuming the reason uh, that you brought this point up to is, I mean, based on my experience at Adventure Nannies, we would have some unbelievable moments and they were unbelievable to me because as the business owner, especially at the time I was not making any money. (laughs) And then we would have nannies come in that were barely college grads and they would get these job opportunities for six figure jobs, which you really couldn't get a six figure job with their background in any other field. And the families, they would just start hardballing families out of nowhere on things like this. And we'd be like, what are you doing? Just take the job. And then they'd end up not getting the job because they were trying to really stick it to it. And I think they're probably following the advice of like an, a lawyer uncle or something. But it was really frustrating as the go-between between the family and employee because the families were offering a very generous compensation package. And then the nannies were like... 401k being one of many examples, just wanting these really strange um, auxiliary benefits that mm-hmm. you know, were fine, but not worth losing a job over. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah, I think I feel like that's an entirely different that's episode. That's another podcast. Yeah. Um, because we have, you know, we've seen people with off with offer letters in front of them be like, well, I'm also going to be moving my dog. And so that will be $200 extra where the family's like, I yeah. don't care if you move your dog here or not. Like, yeah, you're going to make your choice. Figures, so you're you going to pay for $200 it. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if, you know, and if you can't right now, then, you know, you can work out in, in advance or like build it somewhere else into your relocation costs. Yeah. Um, I do want to just piggyback off of what you just said, Brandy, because something that um, has changed a lot in the industry in the last couple of years that I'm really grateful for is that a lot less families are, wait, many fewer families are requiring a bachelor's degree. That's awesome. Um, and the two main reasons for that, um, which I think are both really cool, um, one is that an associate's degree in early childhood education has become something that like every single family who we talk to really wants their nanny to have. 
Um, and it is such a cool degree that short that sort of demonstrates this like ongoing education and like true passion for this career line and like true professionalism and a nanny like that really sticks out on a resume having an AA and ECE or another like early childhood education is like a bar of gold to a family who's interviewing nannies mm-hmm. and they would way rather see that than like a bachelor's degree in accounting or you know in my yeah. case like a bachelor's degree in opera performance which you know is not a super translatable skill yeah um what's yours in again gender studies and yeah religion or something cool Mm, i mean yours was cool i went to goddard so mine was clear societal expectations and women's sense of self because you make up your own that's a cool one yeah that's definitely not applicable to owning a business or being a nanny (laughs) Well, and the other thing that I think that people are just a lot more conscious of now, um, and I've seen this really change even in the last six months, is um, that going to college, like, while, like, fairly expected in a lot of socioeconomic groups of people, is, like, pretty heavily veered towards privileged groups of people and for you know for a lot of minority groups and a lot of people who grew up you know not surrounded by extreme amounts of wealth you know Mm -hmm. the like act of going to college and paying for college for four years and having some kind of degree is like now not being considered as much a sign of like being a smart person or like being someone who follows through on goals as much as like, yeah, you were able to afford to do that. Mm -hmm. Your parents made you do that. Good job. You followed directions for four years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Your parents, yeah. Your parents told you if you didn't do this, they were going to kick you out of the house and you did it. Yeah. That's why I did it. I don't know. (laughs) If anyone (laughs) thinks they might need a degree in opera performance, I would gladly sell mine. Yeah, I didn't do it. I never graduated until I was 29. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> 29 is a great time to graduate. <laughs> yeah. I think. I'm happy. Um, to just wrap up a little bit here, um, we've all seen the six-figure job at Adventure Annies. We see them fairly often. They are, in general, sick jobs. Yeah. I'll admit it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no questioning the total sickness of these jobs. Um, But they do come with a lot of sacrifices. And so, you know, whenever you are starting your next job search, I would just encourage you to not allow yourself to be distracted by the shininess of these positions and really be intentional about setting your long-term financial goals for yourself and think about what you're willing to give up in your immediate future to achieve those goals. Yep. And if you're interested in uh, getting a six-figure job, keep an eye on our job board. Or a very reasonable five-figure job with a family who's been educated on legal pay and appropriate benefits to provide to a caregiver so that they can feel supported in your role and stay with your family for years to come. We have a lot of those, too. We're not just mm-hmm. fancy. Yeah. Hence, uh, <laughs> hence our job. <laughs> the one Megan's working right right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Someday. 
Well, feel free to email us at podcast at adventurenannies.com if you disagree with anything we said today or you have something you'd like us to chat about in the future. And otherwise, stay tuned and we'll catch you next week. Yay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. For more, visit us at adventurenannies.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. To send us love letters, questions, or ideas for future episodes, email us at podcast at adventurenannies.com. Bye. Bye.